0: And welcome to a special episode of the Switch Mania Playcast. I'm here with my buddy, Xander Scullion. Um, Go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about you, and then we're going to go into uh, some horror stories that have nothing to do with the Switch. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, Yeah, this is Xander Scullion. Uh, Some of you guys are listening probably know who I am, but if you don't, uh, I'm a YouTuber, podcaster. Uh, I cover a lot of retro and modern video games. I try to stick to more of the niche stuff. I like to kind of re- review games that not a whole lot of people talk about or seem to know about. Uh, my main goal is that every time you listen to a podcast or watch a video, uh, at the end of it, you're just like, man, I need to go play that game, or, or maybe I need to stay away from that game if the game's not that good. But <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Been doing it now for. Hell, I'm just like uh, seven, eight years now. It's crazy how time flies by.
0: Well, exactly. Like time is the craziest thing of all because it just it just goes nuts. It's like all of yeah. Thing. It's like I've been publishing books for seven years now. Like what? <laughs> what the hell? It's so crazy. Yeah. Let me see. My internet here in middle of nowhere, can't drink the water, Texas is trash. So trying to see if I can get my little personal hotspot over here set up and I, I record I don't edit this shit out by the way. <laughs> People get to listen yeah. to the craziness of life. That's what we do here. So go ahead and what's up?
1: I was gonna say yeah I had to update Skype. I do I haven't used Skype in a long time and when I first was using it it was like your uh connections week, try again. I'm like, oh no it's not <laughs> My connection's so weak right
0: now that it popped him off for a second and now Skype should reconnect it right now.
1: You think your Wi Fi is yeah, your Wi is going bad, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, how bad the Wi Fi was right there is it actually popped over to my phone and we lost part of your conversation. But now it's over oh, the phone no. and we'll have no more hiccups, people. It's great. <laughs> I had to set up a personal hotspot off of a cell phone tower to get some good internet around these parts.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. You, know, you know, speaking of the internet, I remember um, I had to up my internet when I bought my PS4 because I remember when I first bought my PS4, just back in 2015, uh, I was downloading, I think I was downloading Final Fantasy 14 because I had it on the PS3, and they had a, a free update for the PS4. And I was like updating it, and man, it took half the day. I had people messaging me on PS4 by Hey man you wanna hop on GTA A I'm like, I I can't, I'm waiting on a download. <laughs> it was it was such a bummer, man. It was crazy. What do you think about that with modern games? Like the
0: craziness of being reliant on updates. Like I just remember the Wii U. I was like, Yeah, I got it day one mm-hmm. and like it took I think four or five hours to do the first update on the Wii U and you bought it stock launch day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have a love and hate with, with updates and patches. Um, I, of course, I, I don't like the wait. Uh, I do like patches for things that need to be fixed because I think because I think back in the old days, you know, when we had some of those NES games that were just so broken, and I'm like, wow, you know, back in the day, maybe if they had a patch that you could put, then maybe the game would be better. And I think of it, you know, I'm gonna spend sixty bucks on a game, yeah, and it's it's broken day one. But there's a patch that comes out that fixes it That makes me a little happy I mean, it sucks that we have to wait for the update But at the end of the day, I'd rather have a better product But I mean, ho- hopefully as time goes on We can have uh, more consistency That's that's the, the main thing, it's more consistency
0: So you know what's crazy is the, um, the things that I know Putting out some of these books Like, they did do quote-unquote updates On the Super oh, Nintendo Really? Yeah, I mean cuz if you look at so look at ROMs, you see Mario Brothers uh 3 or Super Mario World, you see version 1.0, 1.01, 1.02. They made some fixes. They made some,
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah. So, but they didn't announce it. They just pushed mm-hmm. them out in the next batch of games.
1: Oh wow. That, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: and there's really not a discernible way to know because with like Mario 3, there's 20 variants. So you wouldn't know like unless somebody went through painstakingly and figured out which variants have which version of the game by dumping each one. <laughs> like there's literally no way oh my gosh. to go through it and like that's some that's some uh, meticulous stuff right there. Um but yeah, that's the one thing where I've learned like so many little little things through the old school games and then you apply it to now and then we can actually apply it to the Switch because you got these little cartridges, right? So people want to have preservation, right? You got your yeah. limited-run games. That's what they're all about. They love preservation of video games. And what's the biggest flack that limited-run games gets with their uh, Switch
1: their switch stuff? Do you know? Uh, I'm guessing it's probably just the, the maybe the shipping. Yeah, it maybe takes, that's what it it takes is, a while or? to ship, yeah. right?
0: So why mm-hmm. does it take a while to ship for limited-run games when they could afford to wait until they have the game in hand is... They are waiting a lot of times until the finished version gets on the cartridge. And so they're getting flacked uh. for that. So like for Celeste, for example, it took a month, but they were waiting for the developer to get approved patches and approved um, DLC onto the cartridge. So that way they give us something that doesn't have to be updated. <laughs>
1: Uh, see, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and you know, I I, I would say uh, for all the listeners, a, a really awesome book to check out is Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's such a, a good book because it really opens up your eyes to the industry about how uh, the developers have to meet due dates of what they have. I mean, and it covers a lot of modern games like Witcher Three and and Shovel Knight and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, like reading a book like that and you can also listen to it on uh, audible for all you audiobook listeners you can listen to it there and it, it like i said it really opens up your eyes because i think a lot of folks you know we watch a lot of youtube videos and we we're, we're more in comb with the industry than we than we were you know years ago we kind of know a little bit what's going on but at the same time like that book like man i read that book and i'm like okay well now i'm one of those kind of people that when a game gets delayed i don't get that upset because i'm like wow they're probably you know working you know seven days a week 24 hours trying to get this game out that (laughs) that might be broken when they release it and have to do a day one patch i'm like man i feel so bad for the for some of the developers in the industry because it's it's like a conveyor belt of go 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 you know i'm saying and these are these are human people it's crazy
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that's the main thing for me is that i'm patient as shit because I have a million games to play anyways. Like I, I just yeah. like, I just look over and I'm like, "Well, I could just pop in Blast Corps on the 64. I haven't played that in a while." Like <laughs> so I could wait on these Switch games that I've been waiting on for a while, like the physical version of Shovel Knight cuz they're putting out like new DLC. They're finally putting out the final DLC, then they can put out the cartridge cuz they've been waiting to get everything done mm-hmm. from Shovel Knight, but Shovel Knight's been worked on for like 7 years or something. Like it's crazy
1: yeah yeah and I'll, I'll end up buying a physical on the switch too because i got a phys- i got i originally got it on the wii u digitally when mm-hmm. it first came out then i bought the physical on ps4 so i bought a physical again on um uh, the switch just like i had it on the 3ds at one point i love that game
0: well and that's the thing that's interesting is that they're they have no problem throwing it physically on a different disc-based console but when it comes to mm-hmm. the switch Developers want it to be completely fi- finished to go on cartridge. And there's something about the the palatability
1: of a cartridge that people just love, and it's interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's the uh, um and again, this is all speculation. Maybe it's the the prices of the cart too. Like maybe because uh-huh. I know the cart the carts are in different sizes, yes. so maybe they're like, well, you know, we want to wait before we drop the money on this size. Cart to make sure we get all the information we can on beforehand instead of like, you know, buying like, say, a certain gig cart and then an update comes out and it's like, oh crap, well, you know, we can't put all that on the cart, you know, and you're stuck with inventory.
0: Well, and that's why with certain companies, like you had the um, WWE 2K18 on the Switch, that's complete trash. And it's because they mm-hmm. went with the cheaper smaller cartridge size, so they had to downgrade a lot of the game to the point where it's unplayable. And so even though they're putting out patches and updates, it's like too little, too late. They complete they would have to redo the entire game to make make sure that it's optimized. And they would have to do it for a bigger cartridge size, which means the download size would be huge.
1: Um (laughs) I don't think isn't it isn't it crazy? (laughs) Isn't it crazy that we are in almost twenty twenty. We're in like the 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 Blade Runner years, and we're talking about brand new games on cartridges. Like, isn't that wild? <laughs> I love it. It's so crazy.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of us that are, you know, just the, those that won't let the old games die perpetuate the need for that. And it's just mm-hmm. the funniest thing is somebody's like, who's buying these Switch games? Uh, for like the, there's a racing with Ryan that my wife and I were talking about this morning. I saw posts about it online with the switch collector community and I'm like, who's buying this? I'm like, all y'all that are trying to get complete switch collections are buying it. And when it's all y'all, I mean, there's thousands of people doing it. Mm -hmm. And so there's thousands of sales right there. It's showing people that people want switch games. So they're going to keep putting stuff out. And whereas like myself, um, I am a very picky collector. And so, yeah. I'm like, my all my daughter says when she sees all the Ryan stuff at a um, a toy store, she's like, how is he so popular? <laughs> like, he's so popular. That's all she says. <laughs> she doesn't watch him. Like, it's, my daughter's seven. <laughs> she does, She don't watch the dude. Um, and, and the kid just did toy unboxings with crazy parents. And apparently the game, mm-hmm. when you play it, is annoying as shit, too, by the way. So, that sucks. Uh. <laughs> but... Like, but people p- perpetuate that. The collectors, the ones that want every single release of every single game. And I just tell those types, I'm like, well, just don't buy it day one. Like, if you're going to yeah. get it, wait. Especially if it's a third par- third or first party release that's going A across the country. It's going to go down in price. Like... hmm I mean, there's actually... Because I got a, bu- a bullet point of things that we could shoot the shit about. Um... And that was a screen time update from both of us, by the way, I think. Oh. <laughs> I got the same beep you did, which is weird because I can hear it on your side. Um, but if you're going to go buy something new, I just got Luigi's Mansion like Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Switch. And Walmart has them for $50 instead of 60 All their new games.
1: Yeah, Walmart. Walmart has been doing that for a while now and um, it, it was interesting because I remember when Super Mario uh, maker 2 was coming out uh, that's when me and my friends noticed it we're just like holy holy crap I mean it's it's like ten dollars cheaper at Walmart and you know at the time I at the time my girlfriend was working at Walmart so I was getting it ten dollars cheaper and the Walmart discount I was like yeah this is where I'm getting my video games now well exactly <laughs> it, if was you nice. need, if it was nice if you need a new nice. game
0: go to Walmart like and yeah, if you got your hookup shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, like like Great. that makes sense. Like, but that's the thing that's crazy is that if you wait though, and it's something you don't necessarily want, but you have to get every single game. Well, then number one, you're showing the creators that hey, yeah, I can wait on this. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is is that you're gonna get it much cheaper. You're not gonna break the
1: bank because
0: I saw people's posts yeah. from October, and there's 40, 50 releases last month.
1: I I honestly I feel bad for anyone that's wanting a complete switch collection because I I think I think it was funny because when the switch initially was coming out I think a lot of a lot of people were thinking about the Wii U mm-hmm. and you know the Wii U didn't have nearly as many games and it was like oh yeah you know I get a complete Wii U collection and there and there's people out there with complete Wii U collections but the switch is just like oh my god like even just the eShop alone I had to stay away from the eShop every Thursday Day when they yes. update the shop because they are putting so many games on there, and not just like indie games, but like arcade games. i I'll like go on there and it's like, oh, Outrun 799. I'm like, Oh, it's only $7.99. I look at my bank statement, I'm like, oh shit, I bought like like five seventy-nine seven ninety-nine games and just spent a bunch of more money than I thought I was gonna have. So yeah, it's, it's like crazy. A,
0: you're like a perfect segue master, because that's actually something I wanted to chat with you about. <laughs> so (laughs) so you mentioned $7.99 what do you think of Mm -hmm. all these digital games going and this is where my like I can't help myself under a dollar oh my god yeah I just got Uh. a game for a penny yesterday and it's decent and the thing is I bought Luigi's Mansion 3 so I got 60 points a penny is a point so I'm like I could buy 60 of these like for free basically because and I buy lots of games so I have a crap ton of points so what do you think about that though is that like you literally have all these games that were like 10 bucks and now they're nine cents like they do like a hundred percent or not even a hundred percent like a 90 percent discount whatever they have 99 percent discount on the thing so they can pop up on boost on the charts to get sales but like it's mm-hmm. a no-brainer and i'm like I got I think I bought four games yesterday just going on the, the eShop and it's like yeah. these are under and I went like I'm gonna do under a dollar and then I was like I'm gonna do under ten cents and I found four like games that are something I would enjoy as a Nintendo Super Nintendo Sega Genesis player. Like,
1: <laughs> like Yeah, it's it's insane because yeah like I'll find a game and I'm and I'll sit there and look at the gameplay and I'll I'll read the description and everything. I'm like like, you know what? it's only nine cents yeah. <laughs> like, all right i'm just gonna go ahead and buy and the thing is i'll buy so many like um uh, more expensive indie titles and i mean when i say more expensive i mean like 10 15 maybe 20 yeah and i'll b- bank on the coins so then when i find that game it's like oh, i'm getting it for free anyway so okay exactly <laughs> most of the
0: more expensive games i'm doing is like i'm you know helping out or supporting people i know like game strategy one collector yeah. vision and i'm getting sydney hunter mm-hmm. helping out mega cat studios an and awesome James. game oh sydney hunter's
1: amazing yeah. oh my god it was so good like i uh i ended up getting a copy through a giveaway on the metal jesus uh group page it was nice. funny and and it, it was funny because i was at work and i was on uh facebook and i you know i bring my switch with me to the one of my jobs that i that I was working because it's, it's slow so i can play my switch while i'm at work and they were like yeah you know first 15 people that post are uh, switch with their menu, uh, get Sidney Hunter, and I'm like, oh. I just saw it get posted. I'm, I'm like, well, I'm getting Sidney Hunter. All right, take the picture. <laughs> I ended up getting it. I did a review, and it, man, it was it was so good. And right now, it's on sale. Uh, I believe it's on sale for what, nine ninety nine?
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's half price off. So yeah, it's definitely nine ninety nine. I thought it was through Halloween. I don't know how much longer it's gonna go on. It might have just been like a week sale, but. Um, I try to explain mm-hmm. to people too, is that like if you've played the Super Nintendo one, this is an entirely different game and yeah. it is solid. Like the Super Nintendo one's a little slippery for me. Um, where it's it, you don't have a weight behind your whip. Um and the the Switch one, it's perfect. Like it's it's exactly like pixel perfect jumping, the the whip shots, it feels like you're beating the shit out of enemies, which is perfect. Um and you get so many different progression of of uh, power ups, that it's just it's awesome. It's perfect, and it's linear. Thank God. Like everybody's doing yeah. the damn uh, Metroidvania's. Oh, where... thank
1: you, thank
0: you, Collector <laughs> Vision, for actually giving us a linear progression system. You can backtrack, of course, and still get some stuff if you're a completionist. But if you just want to enjoy the game, like you're gonna have to backtrack a little in the game because you need a certain amount of crystal skulls. Um. So to unlock some levels, I did have to to go back. I'm about halfway through the game, though. I haven't actually beaten it yet.
1: Um. That's why I have that, that's it. that's been some of my that's been some of my problem with some of the indie titles is a so many indies have been like Metroidvanias or roguelikes. Yeah. Like I'll see a game and I'm like and I I get people to email me about hey you want to check you know and check my game out and I look at it and I'm like man this looks really good and they're like it's a rogue like Metroidvani- and I'm like, I don't have time for this. As soon as I like, say like, <laughs> roguelike, like, I go <laughs>
0: uh, like rogue yeah. to me is like,
1: I'm like, man, it's just,
0: I I feel like that's artificially inflating the difficulty of a game by randomizing. Mm-hmm. That that's that's yeah. me. Whereas like if you solidly design a game level and everything like NES style, where you know that like it's it's a much more immersive experience and it's something Mm -hmm. that's attainable. It's just like, man, I don't want to play an hour. And then all of a sudden this, this enemy kills me. And then I got to go back and redo that entire hour by only maintaining one slight thing that you allow as the game developer. (laughs) Like, like usually there's one piece, one hook in there that you continue to level up but the rest of the
1: stuff you lose. And I don't like to lose what I've earned. (laughs) Yeah yeah oh. so yeah i'm not i'm not a I'm not a big roguelike person I mean the Metrovanias I enjoy Metroidvanias, I but I'm Metroidvanias. just kind of burnt out of them I might I might burn out a little bit on them right now just because there's so many but and there's so many coming out next year like there's', there's one um uh, switch game coming out called uh pushinden yeah that. So, that game looks amazing it's like Strider meets like shinobi it's just it looks so good and i, I watched a kickstarter yeah, it looks so for good. it and i i, I, definitely I hate that I'm, <laughs> i yeah i hate, hate that i miss i missed the, the kickstarter for it i was like man i would have actually supported this this is really really good and it's just like hand-drawn pixels i mean that's like the the folks um at a uh, joy i believe it's a joy master that did a uh, blazing chrome uh yeah. they also did um uh, oh, man wow the, the other two titles are completely Onikin. Those games are so good, and they're made by, like, two guys. Like the two guys make those games, and they're so good.
0: That's the crazy thing nowadays is we're seeing more and more of that, of, like, passionate developers, and, like... They communicate in the Switch community, which is insane to me. That I'm sitting there shooting the shit with like developers of like Tiny Barbarian, and I'm like just sitting there, cat, mm-hmm. shooting shit with them. And like back in the day, that's unheard of. Nowadays, we're all on the same level, just shooting shit. Like I create stuff, you create stuff, they create stuff, and we all just get along and hang out and at conventions, have beers and like it's it's cool as hell. But like it
1: really is. But
0: you get these two dudes that are making multiple games now. <clears throat> it used to be like, oh, you'd have this one guy that made Oxygen Verge and that'd be it now you're seeing they're putting out multiple types once you like their style Mm -hmm. you know that their next game is going to be amazing and it's like ah and the thing is I'm not burnt out on Metroidvanias I am time constrained and so like I have no problem Uh throwing that sucker in the backlog but will I ever get to that backlog until I'm old and retired? Maybe not (laughs) because new games come out too. Like it's. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that and Zelda proves this Luigi's mansion proves this even shakedown Hawaii that I just got proves this, that when a game hooks me, I'll play the damn thing till I beat it. Yeah. Like, like it's, and I'll make time. So I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with like any game being quote-unquote poor. I think it's being like the priority that I'll put in, because if I'm playing the game all day on a Saturday, I'm taking time away from my family too, right? Um, mm-hmm. If I can hook my daughter <laughs> into
1: playing with me, like I did with River City Girls, which if you haven't played that, by the way. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, oh, amazing. God. i tell you another, another fighting game you need to check out if you haven't yet, and that's uh, Fighting Rage fighting rage i have seen that one okay i did i did a review of i did a review of it recently on my channel and that's another game that's made by two people and man it's it's such an amazing beat-em-up like it's crazy to think how much the beat-em-up genre is like it seriously made a comeback there's so many beat-em-ups coming out now
0: well and the thing that's crazy is like in creation i see it all the time so we haven't seen beat-em-ups in like, we saw a few trickle out over the last couple of years. But, like, this year we're seeing it, and it's literally like you see Streets of Rage 4 get announced. And then people start pushing out and finishing and polishing. And it seemed like everybody started developing their beat-em-ups around the same time. They all, like, drop at the same time. It's, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, back when I did my first NES collector's book, there was nothing visually out there as a collector's book at all and I released mine, and all of a sudden there's another dude that that does one, and another one, and I see a bunch online for NES collector books, and people had the idea, and they just all happened to drop. Mine happened to drop, like, the first one, but is it the best one? That's, honestly, that's uh, up to the opinion of readers, you know what I mean? But Mm. I keep Mm. on, I have 12 books published now, so it's like, I just keep on putting out crazy stuff, and with that book, though, I had a NES homebrew game, and it was a RPG where you collect video games, right? Black Box Challenge is the game that I released. And, right, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't even know this. I even backed them on Kickstarter, but there's the the um, documentary called Nintendo Quest where the, they were like had like a week or a month or something to get every NES game. I, I remember thinking. that, yeah. So yeah. They have a stretch goal. It still isn't released, by the way. My game was released a while ago, but they had it where you can get an NES version of that. And I didn't realize, but it was an RPG where you collect video games. <laughs> like the same time. <laughs> like like there's never been one like it, like since. And like but like at the same time, two people had the idea, and like the developer of my game, which was Slidock Studios, and those guys with uh, Joe Granada, who does NES Maker, he's the one programming it. Um and the thing was is that Mystic Searches was the game Joe Granada was working on. Is working on. Um, And that was during the first release of the Complete NES. I saw him at a a convention that's actually going on. It's a retro game con in New York. It's actually going on this weekend, um, many, many years ago, when I was invited to it, when I lived on the East Coast. It cost a damn arm and a leg Mm -hmm. to get out there. Um, But I saw him out there, and he was working on Mystic Searches. And apparently, he's going to release... The RPG game for Nintendo Quest after he finishes Mystic Searches, like five six years later, NES makers around pulled him away from focusing on his game. That other RPG still not out. <laughs> oh wow! The, the one thing you got to think about though, and this is where I feel bad for the guys uh, Rob and J- and Jay who um who did the uh, Nintendo Quest is that Kickstarter money is not infinite. Like it was for the movie, and now. They had a stretch goal for the game and I backed the game level. Well, in five years, that money is there's no way that money's still there. And it's going to, they're going to, to get it out to people, it's going to either gonna have to raise more funds and sell more, which I recommend they do, like do another pre order for people who don't know about it. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, dude, like the money ain't there. Like they're not, they're going to either have to break the bank, go into debt to do it, which I don't think uh, nobody should do that, or they need to raise some funds because that stuff is not there. It's taking too long. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I know that they haven't like said, oh, no, it's just not happening and you're you're all out of your item because they gave us the DVD already, the movie, a long time ago. <laughs> so, but it's a crazy wow. thing that that's a whole off the beaten path way to say that it's crazy how people are on the same path when it comes to releases, right? Like RPG mm-hmm. and RPG. You got all these beat em ups now coming out. Um, I mean, the Metroidvania craze. Like, that's been going strong for I think a while. I think
1: it's just, yeah, I think it's just something like uh, us being humans. I think it's just like something about it. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's like when you're at, uh, like, I like got my job or something and it's completely dead. And like one person will end up walking to the counter. And then when that person walks up, like people from the back of the store end up coming to the counter. It's like they see that one person at the counter. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to the counter too. It's yeah. like, I don't know what it is, but I, I've noticed that like doing people watching. I'm just like, man, that's. It's kind of like a weird like human trait, I guess, going back to, you know, uh the Stone Age days or something. We'd all like get together and hunt for food or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I actually do something similar when
0: it goes to conventions. Like I'll be sitting there doing book signings, and if I just sit behind my table, I'll get like onesies and twosies trickling in. But if I stand in front of my table, people come up all day. That's
1: crazy.
0: <laughs> it's weird. And it's like or if I have somebody else with me, and they let them, and I just, because it looks like people are, are checking out, well, what's that? And whereas, mm-hmm. like, people have an inherent shyness about them, where they don't want to be the only one to go to something. And, you know, yeah. at, a, at a convention, they're looking for games, they see games, yeah, I'm gonna go look at that. But if it's something that's not games, because I mean, I have books out there, like, what the hell is this shit? That's what people are thinking. And then when they when they actually get close enough to see the art, then they, then they all come up, because the art is amazing and yeah. then they kind of check it out but like from a distance people just walk by but if they see other people they're like, oh what's that and then they can what well, as soon as they make the eye contact then they check it out and then they make the mental decision on what they want to do it's just it's just crazy getting that initial thing like like everybody just kind of swarms together it's insane
1: yeah speaking of an and of shyness it makes me think of like uh, an early video I did it was like right when I first started YouTube when in- This is back when Halo 4 was coming out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to come out for Halo 4 Midnight Release. I'm going to interview people and ask them, you know, what are you looking forward to for Halo 4? You know, that'd be a really fun video. You know, so Midnight Release came out, and it was so funny how many people were just like, not wanting to be in front of the camera. They were kind of just like, I'm here to pick up the game. I want to go home and play the game. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, the people (laughs) I would get on camera i'd be like so uh what are you looking forward to you know halo 4 what kind of, what kind of weapons you're looking forward to they're like i don't know uh, i like lamp <laughs> uh, yeah they're just like uh i like the needler i'm like oh, okay all right <laughs> see you later man <laughs> that's so funny that like people can't go like deep into
0: it <laughs> like what yeah that heck? was that was always fun <laughs> yeah it's people are inherently anti-social at points and you know a few of us get out there and we don't have that problem
1: <laughs> like i do yeah and I, and i mean and i mean like it's like i always think about it too uh at conventions and stuff uh especially like some of the anime conventions i went to i mean that, that, for some people that's the most social they've been like all year yeah. you know like they're they're normally like very you know introvert to themselves they go to these conventions they're around like well-minded people that are just like them and it's that's what i love about conventions that gets people a chance to kind of like you know in, in most cases like spread their wings and interact and find new friends and stuff and, and that's something i always have to keep in mind when i go to conventions and i'm like oh i want to interview this person oh i want to take this person's picture like you have to be very like mindful about personal space and be like okay you know hey can i take your photo you know because well, uh I, I you know, say some people the, like you said they're just shy
0: yeah and the craziest thing that blows my mind is the YouTubers that have a trouble doing a panel. So, I mean, I've done mm-hmm. almost 100 panels at this point. And I remember bringing, and this was at Too Many Games back, like a f- long time ago, I brought RGT on, D-Dave on, and Scott Squatch on my panel with me. And so we could all just shoot the shit and be crazy. And like RGT85, his first panel, D and Dave, they were just like, so antisocial when it came to like they didn't know what to do and rgt now since does his own panels everywhere (laughs) and it's like completely out of his show
1: and like yeah i was about to say when i when i first hung out with rgt 85 is back when he was still living in north carolina before he moved and uh we we met up at the Fayetteville comic-con he had a panel there and yeah this this was right after he had did his first panel and he was yeah he was like you know completely yeah, I have a show of that panel. He was like, "Hey, who want who wants to talk about fucking video games?" Or like, whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: like, like we broke the uh, broke the seal because, like, as the panel went on, we had uh, Papa Pete was actually in the crowd. I didn't know him at the time. This first time I met him, and if yeah, you know, if you know Papa Pete, he's freaking awesome. He does really cool unboxings and stuff. And his son is an N64 uh, gamer, uh, N64 bit. Oh yeah, or, yeah, 64 bit for life or something. But anyways his son was standing there, and he was filming. I'm like, whose dad is filming his son as we're throwing Super Nintendo cartridges at him? (laughs) Like, like RGT's throwing Super Nintendo cartridges at him. And I'm like, oh, now I know it's Papa Pete. I'm like, oh, this makes sense 100% now. It's so hilarious. (laughs) But, like, that that broke RGT out of his shell. It's just being crazy like that. He's like, oh, I can do whatever I want at these panels. We're like, yeah. (laughs) That's what we do. Like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was he was a blast to hang out with at Favo Comic Con. Like it was, I like mean, him mostly hung out the whole time because uh, it was like we met up and at, at first, you know, at first I wasn't going, I wasn't going to go to the convention because it was right after a hurricane, so I didn't even know if the convention was still going to go on. But I ended up going, and uh, I think he was meeting up some people, and they ended up not going, so we we just met up and we're like, hey, let's hang out. We hung out the whole time, and you know, looked at Sega Master System games and went to his panel. It was it was a lot of fun. He saved me. I, I always talk about this. um story he saved me from bees because uh the the girl i was with at the time she was uh, smoking like an electronic cigarette and it had like that fume, like perfumey kind of smell to it uh, so to be like yellow jackets going after us and like like uh sean would end up like like punching the air like punching the like, like yellow jackets like get these things away from us <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the heck that's hilarious though yeah, it's like the thing is school cool shit too. I think he just did a yeah. um a thirty two X book. Like a little like mm-hmm. little like fun Amazon print thing, which is really cool. He needs to hit me up, I'll freaking get him a real like quality print. <laughs> like Oh yeah. That's why I told him that he's busy. Like he's I think he gets like bombarded with messages all the time. So Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I haven't I haven't even asked him or bothered him yet but like he wants to get a a real like quality print out there like we'll take that sucker to kickstarter as i don't just print myself like my own books anymore either so it's like i have like a whole company set up now it is insane it is insane man (laughs) so i got a few other things that are um that are newsworthy that i wanted to shoot the shit with you about here um. Yeah. One is, did you know that gold points expire?
1: I did not know that. No, a Holy lot shit. of people
0: don't. So gold points expire. So I'm not sure if they fall off the account after a year, but for sure mm-hmm. on the cartridge, gold points expire. So if you have a bunch of Switch games and you collect them and you don't collect them sealed, but you want to play them eventually, like I open all mine up, put them in, check them off for a little bit, redeem the points. Well, mm-hmm. I got a few games recently from like bought them later, right? So I waited till the price came down. Put it in, Gold Point says these points are expired. And I'm like, "What?" Wow. <laughs> so so if you don't buy the games day one, you may not get the Gold Points because after a certain amount of time, Nintendo like cuts that off and you can no longer get the your little points for it so something to be cognizant like nobody knows that stuff like
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't know because I, i'm like yeah, that's the first thing i do if i buy a, a physical switch game the first thing i do is you know install it redeem my points and then play the game
0: <laughs> exactly and yeah. i may not play the game more than like an hour the first time but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna play it for a little bit <laughs> so what do you that's think crazy. of uh, ring fit adventure
1: <laughs> I, I you know i, li- I listen to uh a, a buddy of mine's podcast absolute counter um my friend anthony and in his his uh co-host uh dark scream um they were talking about it and they were talking about like this rpg that's that's for it that it's like an rpg fitness game and the more yeah. they were talking about it i was like this actually sounds kind of cool to be honest
0: yeah it's interesting um i only I ended up buying it, and I only bought it because my daughter wanted to do it, too. And I thought that would be hilarious. Um, So, basically, it's like one of those yoga fitness rings that you can buy. Mm -hmm. And it has tension. So, when you press it together, you're basically pressing flexible, pliable, but not really pliable, plastic. So, when you press the ring together, there's enough tension there that your muscles are contracting. And... How it does it is the more you press it, is the the actual switch will gauge how um, the tension on it. So then, and you can adjust the levels of the gameplay. So, if, like my daughter's playing; she's on level two. All she has to do is press it a little bit, and it'll register. Whereas for me, if I put it all the way up, I have to press it in and like hold it, and my muscles actually shake. So you get a workout from it. Wow! Um, yeah, there's there's a little leg uh, strap as well. And then, so, like, when you're running in the game, you have to jog in place. So, it doesn't replace, like, going out and running on the road or something, like, for cardio. Yeah. But you're running in place, so Mm -hmm. it gives your legs a workout. Not necessarily cardio workout, but your legs get a workout. You have to do high knees to get through, like, water and mud or go upstairs. Um, I'm still, as I've been playing it a little bit, I think I've only put, like, maybe two sessions, maybe three sessions in it. And... Each time it's been a light workout for me, but I mean I'm in decent shape, so I don't (laughs) like it's it's not super super hard for me. It says light workout every time, but I still only have like six different workouts, and most of them are like you go over your head and you're pressing it in doing inward presses. But the thing is, is where it gets difficult is I have to do like 30 to 40 repetitions of it. to a a pace so like doing it 10 times it's easy as shit but like 30 i'm feeling like i'm like okay i need to move to something else now (laughs) and and then i'm sitting there having to do squats like so you're just basically doing air squats right you're just squatting down and still going up but you have to do like 30 or 40 times and then at 30 40 times it's actually challenging so the game is surprisingly challenging and then unlike you know we fit this one you're fighting enemies So, you have these little, little kitsy and like enemies. And as you do a squat, it'll show like a little foot and it'll kick him after you do a rep.
1: That's so cool. And
0: it takes off a certain amount of life on the character. So, you may have to do three exercises total to kill an enemy. And then you'll have like two or three enemies that you have to fight. And the yoga poses that I noticed, they they did, um, because like you'll have to do like a, like a slow move for a yoga pose, moving your hands in front of you and then your hands over your head. And those ones will attack all the enemies. So you have to, and but you can't just do the yoga pose and then do the yoga pose again. It has a recharge time. So you have to alternate at least one, maybe two sets of exercises before you can reuse that one again. So there is an actual strategy to it as well. It's deeper than I thought. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's always interesting when Nintendo does something like that because I mean, I always think, uh, you know, no pun intended. I always think outside the box when it comes to those things. And I remember the Wii. The Wii was really popular because I mean, uh, I, I used to work in a nursing home. I did maintenance there, and they had a Wii. Like that was what old, older people like to play. They like to play Wii Sports. And you know, you think about stuff like this, like this, uh, this Fit ring i mean that'd be great for you know folks that are going through like rehab and and trying to um, you know work their legs again and stuff yeah. like that and trying to get get back on their feet i mean that's that's something really really cool i mean the only thing i hope is like nintendo doesn't do something crazy and make a, a punch-out game exclusive for the the wii ring oh. <laughs> could you imagine the youtube videos on that <laughs> oh geez well the other thing
0: though that i think about is think about generations of gamers and so, mm-hmm. I think that this ring-fit adventure kind of hits our generations and below, like, and younger. But you think about the older generation, um, we Sports is basically Pong. You know, you got tennis, you got Pong. Yeah. it's basically Atari. So, that generation, that's why you had the older generation in the nursing homes playing it, because you're essentially a parallel, just with newer graphics, but it's still the same gameplay mechanics. It's really simple to know. Ring Fit Adventure is not simple to the point where you have all of these little aspects now, but the gamer generation, which I would consider anybody who grew up in the 80s um, that and then came mm-hmm. to their own as gamers in the 90s and and, and progressed, um, and that could be late or early 90s, don't matter, but I would say the gamer generation, this game is perfect for, for this generation. Um, but you you take this to that older generation that played the Wii, they're like, what the heck's this crap? <laughs> <There's> t- <laughs> too much stuff there. I, I can already see it. I haven't even tried. I, I want to see what my brother thinks of it because my brother's ten years older than me, so he's at the epitome of the older generation. But he still grew up like he was in his twenties instead of you know his teens. You know when when everything came around.
1: So he's a different yeah, it, it's definitely. One of those things that I, I definitely want to check it out. The more I've heard about it, especially after I in the podcast and hearing you know them talking about how it plays and stuff, and I was like, man, this would be great for you know the kids to play. Uh, my only thing is, I'm probably gonna wait. I'm probably gonna wait to see if there's like a price drop or something because it's always kind of a gamble when you're getting. And you can agree to this, I'm sure. It's always like kind of a gamble getting stuff like this for kids because they they might enjoy it for like a week and just never pick it back up again. So it's like I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much money on it. Uh, cause I don't, I don't even know how much is, how much is it going for? Is it like oh, you don't 60 bucks, know. like a new it's, game or
0: it's $80 or 70 at Walmart?
1: Oh shit.
0: Yeah. It's way too yeah. much. I went and picked it up for my little one and I'm like, man. And I didn't realize the, the Walmart price drop. So I actually got it <laughs> at Best Buy
1: and oh, it's so, so expensive. Like was well, see, it seems to be a lot more, uh, than the, uh, the Labo labo was labo just yeah. did not seem to, uh, to do too well i mean i, I thought that not, had a place I too i was not like
0: pulled the trigger on any labo i don't know if you have
1: no i haven't nope I'm, i thought like i said i thought it was a cool idea but i was just like ah, uh, no i mean it's cardboard i really uh, my want kids the, are like superhuman.
0: i really want the virtual boy one the virtual labo. yeah but i still haven't done it i bought an off-market virtual headsets because i just wanted to play breath of the wild in VR, because you can play mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild completely in VR, and like, I wanted to do that, and I bought the headset, like, it was like $10, $15, and it didn't work at all, and people, like, then you look at, like, websites, because I did it on Amazon, there was, like, only a couple positive reviews, and I'm like, oh, okay, um, and then you look on the websites, and it's like, they're trashing it, and I'm like, damn, wasted $10, or $15, whatever it was, but if you do the Labo one, it's perfect, it works well, but it's still cardboard, so... I'm going to have to get, like, a printout or something to make it look like a Virtual Boy, probably, once I (laughs) I
1: get it. Nintendo Nintendo really missed the mark with that, man. If they made, like, a Virtual Boy Labo and had, like, you know, Virtual Boy games that you could get on the eShop, dude.
0: I'm just saying. They
1: really missed it out on that.
0: I mean, when I did my complete Virtual Boy book, I did a one-week Kickstarter, and it, it was just as popular as my normal Kickstarters, and it was I did it as a joke, and... I actually, within the last couple of weeks, I, I just shipped it out to all the backers, and it's 180 pages of Virtual Boy book. <laughs> like, it was, my goal was to, be, to get so 100 awesome. pages. So ridiculous. It, and the thing is is the best part was the comments. are like, please tell me you're not going to do black pages with red text on it. And I'm like, why <laughs> wouldn't I? <laughs> like, it was a damn April Fool joke. <laughs> of course I'm doing that. And I did. And so everybody funny. says it looks awesome. But, yeah, Nintendo absolutely should have did that. And I don't know. Have you played Luigi's Mansion 3 yet?
1: I have and I want to, but I know I know there is a virtual boy There's easter egg in it. There's a virtual
0: boy in it and yeah. you, and it's not even an easter egg. It's you use it all the damn time. Like every, Oh really? Every time Professor Egad uh contacts you, Luigi puts on a damn virtual boy visor and starts talking to him. <laughs> every time and it's, so awesome. and it's all in red on the screen like in the little he pops up like in a little like Metal Gear Solid screen and he starts talking to me but it's Virtual <laughs> Boy <laughs> like it's, it's not like that it's a awesome. little easter egg it's huge it's so cool and so they're doing that why can't we get to our damn VR Virtual Boy I'm gonna buy it then at that point like <laughs> that's the thing that's crazy oh, yeah. is that like <clears throat> they'll hit like easter eggs and crazy stuff and in games, but then when it comes to
1: the Labo, they didn't do it. Why? Yeah. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea. Because, I mean, like even even when it comes to Virtual Boy, I always said, like, why didn't they put Virtual Boy games on the 3DS with that built-in 3D feature? Yeah. That would have been sweet.
0: It, it would have made sense, is what it would have done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite part about the 3DS was all the Sega releases that had the triple depth the perception in it and like space Harrier space Harrier in 3d was awesome. So good. Like, I don't know. There's so much potential with the 3ds and I really stopped supporting it myself like years and years ago. Like I think the only game I bought, it was like two or three years of not buying a game was the Metroid, uh, Samus returns. And then I didn't buy anything after that. Like, I just, I don't know why I moved on, but I just, didn't support the 3ds too much later i was an early adopter i got that little ambassador badge and all that stuff oh yeah 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 but
1: yeah i i don't have a 3ds anymore and i'm kind of kicking myself i kind of want to go out and rebuy one because there are there are some 3ds games that i i think back on and i'm like man i kind of want to go and play that or i want to go back to it like uh link between worlds man i'd I'd love to see that on the switch i'd love to see that on the switch but unfortunately it's only on the 3ds so
0: yeah, there's quite a few games on the 3ds that would be nice to go to the Switch, or we just go and start getting it on the 3ds, and then you know, because I think that system itself is gonna be fun to revisit for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's so many games on it. It's it's like the um, Game Boy Color <laughs> now. Yeah, like nobody knows, like nobody thinks about it. They, all Nintendo shows is Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. DS series, and 3DS, like, and DS. So it's like, but Game Boy Color's its own release system. It has its own library that's larger, as large, if not larger, than the original Game Boy's library. Like, people are like, oh, you should do a Game Boy and Game Boy Color book, and I'm like, you know Game Boy is bigger than the, the Game Boy, which is bigger than the NES and Super Nintendo. Like, you're talking yeah. thousands of pages of a book. like, And the I call the Game Boy Color like NES 2.0 because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the Game Boy is its own little beast of, like, people had to get real creative with graphics and gameplay to make it stand out on the black and white screen. But with the color, you had more colors than were available on the NES, and then you had yeah. a little bit better graphical processor on it so it could play games a little bit better, but they had to be scaled down for the tiny screen. So it was a give and take, but you it literally is a little bit better than the NES. So and then you have the Game Boy Advance versus the Super Nintendo too. Like like Game Boy Advance was like Super Nintendo 2.0. So like Nintendo mm-hmm. was really good about doing that for a while. And it's that's the one point of contention I have with the Switch being a multi, is that we're gonna lose that Next generation of handheld gaming that uses the same generation because <laughs> like you see crates yeah. in those games
1: man <laughs> yeah it's, I, I'm I'm really I'm I would have to say is like I, I absolutely love the switch I, I love the the fact that you can you know take it on the road you can play it at the house I mean that's that. It's just such a huge game changer. I love that, especially you know, for for folks like us that have limited game time, you know, yeah. to play a, a JRPG. Like most of the time, I end up getting it on the Switch if it's available because I'm like, hey, I can play it on slow days at work, and I can take it home and play and be right where I was on the big screen. Uh, my only my only thing is with the Switch is I'm just wondering uh, with the next generation of PS5, the new Xbox. I mean, it, we're we're gonna have to get a Switch Pro, and the reason why. I because you know the Switch even now as great as it is, there's some games are kind of having trouble with with some of the ports. And I'm just thinking about you know what the PS5 and new Xbox is going to have so much power that how is the Switch ports of those games going to hold up? Because I mean, granted, a lot of people that are buying Switch are not buying it for the graphics; they're buying it for the portability. Sure. But at the same time, it's, at the same time, it's like you know, is it going to be that much of a jump from like playing like a game like on PlayStation and playing a game on on? Switch? super nintendo you know like there was a big drastic difference on ports when it came to that sort of thing so i mean that's that's my only concern
0: i i think that it's gonna be different than you know 16 bit to 32-bit generations however Mm -hmm. it's gonna be noticeable for sure anybody who wants the best graphics they're gonna go to you know sony or microsoft they're gonna do that but I I don't know if it's going to be as hard as we're thinking, and there will probably be a Switch Pro. I've already we've already seen like the the flipping, the pivoting Joy Cons and stuff like that. So there's mm-hmm. there's going to be something. They've already released a Switch quote unquote 2.0. The Red Box Switch has a better processing speed than the the original yep. Switch. So I have it hasn't been enough to get me to buy another Switch, but it's there. Battery life's a little better. Um, The three hours that my Switch lasted playing Luigi's Mansion 3 yesterday, which made me sad, um, (laughs) didn't last past three hours. I was like, damn, the new Switch would have helped. But I'm thinking that with down ports, I don't know if the up ports going to the PS5, Xbox, whatever, um, are going to be that hard for the developers to do. It's going to be hard, but I'm saying, though, that complex i think it's a layered approach is how they're doing it yeah so so if they just remove the shine (laughs) remove the layers so the crispness the you know the different how they lock the frames and all that the fps um if they can if they scale it all back because everything is scalable because they have to make it so it works on steam on pcs that are much more higher powered than the consoles and then scale scale it back to work on a PS4 right now and Xbox One. Um, they're going to, the first year or so with these new systems, they're going to also release them on PS4 and Xbox One because there's already a user base there. Um, and yeah. for games, when it costs multi-millions dollars just to produce them now, because it's not everybody has a two-person team that's building them um, – because of that, they have to make it scalable. Uh, the Switch right now is so popular that it would be dumb for companies to not contemplate putting it on the Switch. So, it'll be oh, scalable. Yeah. Now, that being said, those <clears throat> exclusive games that were they're only developing it for the PS5 Xbox New, um, it'll be mind-blowing. For sure. Like, it's gonna
1: yeah. be insane. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you think about like the, the Witcher 3 being on the switch that was my movie. like it's <laughs> yeah so many people are like you know what I, i'm just surprised that this is on the switch you know so, like some people are like oh it doesn't look as good they're like i i can't believe i'm playing this on the handheld like that, that's the big thing like people are people are not buying the witcher 3 on the switch to be mind-blowing by the graphics they're buying it because they're like holy crap i can play this on the go i can play a game like the witcher 3 which is a game that's so big it intimidates me of why I haven't played it yet. Me because too. I've heard it, it, it's got so much content. I mean, I bought it. I bought the complete edition uh-huh, Me too. Uh, at GameStop <laughs> because my friends kept telling me about it and I never opened it. I ended up selling it on eBay. So oh. I'm like, man, I can't, I was like, I, I was like, I don't, I have no time to play this. I had, so I ended up just selling it on eBay and ended up getting something else. But Damn. yeah, I was I, just I, like, I know
0: played it a while and then i it's hard for me to go back so like i put a yeah. few hours into it it is fun but then you realize if if you even if you look online like i'm not even a 1% into the game and it's like oh and it goes infinite too like i guess it it, it does its own version of roguelite where it's not roguelite but it does a roguelite mission system where it continually makes random missions for you forever
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that's why like you know the, when it comes to like lengthy games i think that the one series I like that's kind of lengthy that I like to play the most is the the Yakuza series like that, and that's just because that's the one series that I can play, and I can put it down for like four months, pick it back up, I know exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Like because they because the way they had the interface, the way they had the story, everything streamlined, I'm like you know I know exactly what I'm I know exactly what I'm doing now okay let me get back to this and you know the the story itself like the game itself is not long you're looking at maybe like 15 16 hours if you're just to play straight through the story and not do any of the mini I games that
0: longest shit by the way oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but like once you go through like the, the mini games and in the side quests, that's where the game gets kind of kind of beefy but it's so much fun so much fun yeah yeah my my idea of like a really good game would be like um, like if i get a game and have fun for like 10 at like a 10 hour games like yeah perfect for me and that's where i like a lot of the switch indie stuff
0: and i am very guilty of not playing yakuza like i had the first one on ps2 and haven't moved beyond these. it was ps2 i'm pretty sure um but like yeah. i, I yeah. haven't moved on and you know that's to me is the spiritual successor to shenmue um with mm-hmm. a lot and it progressed the perfect ways um i just haven't I I have them. I've been buying them up until the the new generation, but like I um have not played them because of the time sink. And they keep releasing them. That there's just like so many out there. But like that's where I've been liking these indie games because I recently I beat Shakedown Hawaii. That was maybe seven hours, Um, and that was the story part. There's still more to do, a lot more to do because it's Grand Theft Auto style. Um, I played this game Evo Land um, that. Super rare games put out, and I beat that game. That was a couple hour adventure. And then there's still Evil Land Two on the cartridge, but like, there's been a few that I've played, and you know, like Zelda Link's Awakening, that's palatable. Like, yeah, and it the rest though, <laughs> just so long. Like even Luigi's Mansion Three, I guarantee you, is going to take more than ten hours.
1: Like, like, do you, are are you? Let me ask you this: Are you like me? Like when I get a game, sometimes I have to put myself in the right mindset to play it oh, yeah. because i know like because you know and this one the reason why i like a lot of the indie game, games and i like a lot of the retro stuff i like the fact that i can just put those games in and just start playing from the get-go a lot of these games now, now i mean because we don't have booklets anymore uh the first hour hour and a half is a, a how to play and i absolutely hate going through that with some games it's like you know press x to jump Press square to hit. And I'm like, I know this. I just want to get through the game. So I have to get myself in the mind frame. Like, okay, I'm going to have to go through this first before the game op- opens up. I hate yeah. it. I really do. Because it, it hinders me from playing the game sometimes.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's the the one thing. I'm, I'm with you one million percent. And it's like where Nintendo does it right is that they – Put humor with it and story and like even the luigi's mansion you don't have all of your quote-unquote powers they unlock a little bit at a time but you're playing the game and it's just it's very it's not it's not uh you know like you're stuck in this little tutorial zone and then you get to play the game like you're just playing the game and and everything works on itself as you play so dragon quest 11 which is a beast but the demo um did it perfectly Mm -hmm. because it's just the game and yeah and i was actually talking about this on my episode 22 recording i did it was like a 30 minute little little update on my book and stuff but i talked about dragon quest 11 i was like man the demo was awesome for dragon quest 11 to the point where my wife told me well if you beat the demo because it was like a 10 hour demo or something it's like if you beat the demo i'll let you buy the game i'm like well hell i'm gonna beat the damn demo then so i could buy the game because you know Full price games, or I don't do that too often, and I ended up doing that, and now I have the game, and I don't want to play it because
1: it's so big. <laughs>
0: like, like, I I played for like another couple hours, and I'm like, okay, this is not ending ever.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, that uh, we did a uh, our Halloween episode of Excess Gaming podcast, and uh, we were talking about that demo because I asked our, our we had a guest, uh, my friend Ryan. We asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, have you played? Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. See, he played Dragon Quest Builders. I'm like, Have you played Dragon Quest Builders 2? He's like, No. He was like, And I was looking at, you know, Dragon Quest 11. I was thinking about getting that. I'm like, Have you played the demo? He's like, No. And I'm like, Well, the demo is 10 hours. It's 10 hours, and it's the beginning of the game, and all your process carries over to the next game. He's like, I'm going to have to download that right now. Yeah. Like you
0: mentioned, it's Dragon such a great Quest. idea. You mentioned Dragon Quest Builders too. Did you know that somebody painstakingly recreated uh, Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past in that game? Oh my
1: god! Yeah, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I found that out like weeks ago, and I'm like, I need to buy this game now. I still haven't, but like, I saved it somewhere. I hope I don't lose the link because a, a user posted it on the Switch community, and I'm like, oh my god, I need this, and it's like. It is a one to one recreation. <laughs> like I was, wow! I
1: don't have to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to check it out because I have I have Dragon Quest Builders too, and I I enjoyed it, but I just I I think um, I think Bloodstained got in the way of that. <laughs> Well, ended up getting Bloodstained and like totally didn't play any more Dragon Quest.
0: That's a thing, though. Like Think about, like we're in a gaming Renaissance, I consider, because we're getting amazing games all the time. But that's a legitimate thing. You get these amazing games that come out, and then more amazing games come out. You had Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is solid. I haven't even gotten it yet, because I haven't like, even closely beaten the first one. Um, and that would be like, my daughter plays Minecraft all the time. If she wants that game, I'll get it for Builders 2 um yeah yeah bloodstain came out oh there there's my time and I I went to the same route like bloodstain took over for a while um and that's the thing that's crazy is that there's all these games I've been playing and then Luigi's Mansion 3 comes out I'm like well I'm gonna be playing that (laughs) like that's
1: yeah it was like this is how it was for me it was like uh I got Dragon Quest Builders 2 was playing that then bloodstain happened so I started playing that and then Super Mario Maker 2 came out, and I'm like, okay, now I'm playing Super Mario Maker 2. Like, I and now I need to go back and play Dragon Quest Builders 2, and I still haven't beaten Bloodstain. I need to go back to that, which I definitely want to go back to Bloodstain now because I have it on the Switch, and they just released a new patch that fixes a lot of the frame rate, a lot of the load times, and input that. lag, so...
0: Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just as guilty as you. I haven't beaten Bloodstained yet. I, like... I have even Mario Maker too. Like we played it for the the playcast like a, a few months ago when it came out, and like I played it, beat all the little um, the story mode, quote unquote, and created a couple levels that all the listeners were playing, which was awesome. Had like thousands and thousands of plays on the damn game, which was crazy. Um, and then like I really never went back. <laughs> like I was like no, yeah. never really went back to create, and you know something like. Like a patch, like they did for Bloodstain, though does let me go. Oh, let me play that again. It gets me refocused on Bloodstain because so now I, I definitely want to play it and update the the fixes. Hopefully, it fixes. There was only one, problem. There was one spot where I read a book outside of a save point and it crashed the game. Hopefully,
1: they fix that. <laughs> yeah, the, my only thing is now though is like okay, I'm i'm gonna go back to bloodstain but the only problem is like am i going to remember what the hell i was doing <laughs> you're with I, me
0: on that dude <laughs> uh oh, it's like i've okay, restarted okay, games so what was i less. doing last time <laughs> i've restarted games for less in the past and that frustrates me because it's losing hours and um what was it dragon quest 11 actually does it perfect where it does a little anime recap at the beginning. Like you're watching it. An oh, anime. I like that. It's so good. Oh, it's like, like oh, that. oh, you did this with the characters and this. Now you're going here. And then it lets you continue. It's like a, like a couple second recap. And I wish more games did that because, like, I think it was Final Fantasy 12 where I was playing it for a while and then I stopped. And then I went back and I'm like, I don't know where the hell I am. <laughs> like, I, I
1: couldn't continue. It was like. Uh... It's like the the Yakuza series does that as well. And they did it really well with Yakuza 6. uh, Because, and this isn't really too much of a spoiler because it's in the very beginning of Yakuza 6 where where Kiru, uh, the main character, he's in a coma. And when he's in the coma, you're in this like dream state and they have every single character that's been in the game that you've interacted with so far and you just walk up to them and you like go to talk to them about, oh I'm blah 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 <laughs> uh, and they have like they tell you their little backstory so it's a weird way they kind of recap uh, the characters so you kind of know okay I know this guy I know who this guy is now I, I love it when games do that Yeah, uh, so that way it doesn't feel as intimidating if you're going into uh, the game the first time in a sequel instead of like starting at the very beginning because, you know, they, they go back with the, the, the Yakuza game, like, uh, that series. Like, of course, they, they've made it now where it's so easy. Because you can start with Zero, then you can play Kiwami 1 and 2. And now they're releasing uh, 3, 4, and 5 uh, remastered. to get a physical in February, but I think nice. 3 and 4 is already on PSN. And then, you know, you got 6. So now it's, like, all cohesively on the PS4. But before then, it was just kind of like, okay, where where do I start? Because, I mean, the games are sequels. Like, what happens in Yakuza 2 carries on over to Yakuza 3. So, so I'm newbie. Is, oh, I think they do Kwame that. Is Kwame
0: a remake of 1 and 2? Kwame 1 and 2?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they're okay. they're complete remakes. Okay. Like, they're uh, they're not just, like, remasters, but they're, like, built from the ground up using the the engine that they had at the time. Nice. It's so, really good.
0: So you'll be able to play 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. All on PS4. Yep. Oh, yep. Then I'm definitely going to have to dig in. I'll start at zero and make my way through. That's perfect, because I know that um, people have always been raving about it. I just was like, man, I got to go get my PS2 out and play 1 and 2 again. And I might just play it on an emulator on my computer or something. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it was just like, it's it's a daunting task. But I actually was not tracking that it was all going to be available on PS4 physically, which means I'll just... End up doing that then because that's cool, that's
1: awesome, and, and you'll have a better experience too. Because I mean, those like Yakuza 1 and 2 on the PS2 really haven't aged well, so <laughs> there's a lot of it, it. Yeah, it will, it will, uh, it will bring your perspective a lot better. Because, say, if you were playing it in order and you played like Yakuza 0, which is still like my favorite in the series, if you were to play that and then be like, okay okay, well, let me play Yakuza on PS2. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, my God, this is bad. (laughs) It'd be like eating, like, filet mignon and then, like, like, going next door and eating, like, a McDouble, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's eat some fast food now after this freaking awesome steak that we had. (laughs) (laughs) So, got a question for you. So, you're obviously, you you play PS2. We play some some modern Mm -hmm. stuff. What do you think of those giant Joy-Con, Daemon X Machina Joy-Cons? Have you played them?
1: I haven't a uh, buddy of mine actually got some and he was like, dude, these are amazing. And I, I need I'm to get them. Yeah. I want to get them. So bad. I didn't even get next like,
0: Machina yet. I got the controllers. Cause I was like, dude, they look ridiculous. I want to play it just cause it looks ridiculous. And then you play it and it's, it it's a little bulky obviously, but they're not heavy. So it's not any heavier yeah. than the joy cons. And you got real I, analog I just sticks, think man. Be... real analog sticks.
1: I just feel like, <laughs> They would be so it would be so much more comfortable because like the way I play my switch, because my hands are kind of big, so when I play uh like on the switch, my hands start to cramp after a while. because uh, I don't have any sort of handles or anything like that on the Joy-Cons. So I actually I actually bring my Wii U cradle. You remember when the Wii U came out? I had that little plastic piece that you would hang your uh you would put your gamepad on. Yeah. It's like a little kick, like plastic kickstand. I'd bring that with my switch because because I don't trust a Switch kickstand to save my life. Yeah, really. And I put it in there and I play it with my pro controller. Like, that's how I play at work because yeah, I'm like, so I can't play in handheld.
0: is a game changer for anybody who has bigger hands or likes playing on the Xbox or, PS or PS4. or ps It really feels like an Xbox style controller because the where the D pad is, because, um, you know, that's the D pad analog swap from a PS controller. Um, but it's yeah. flawless. It's literally you have real analog sticks. You have actual buttons that your finger can naturally hit. Um, you have also the shortcut buttons. So you have your R triggers like your normal. But then on the back of the controller, there's two more buttons. And you can assign them to any button on that side of a Joy-Con.
1: So first, oh, wow. I didn't know
0: that. Yeah. so it, it's And you can make <laughs> anything turbo too so for example when i'm playing final or dragon quest 11 i the a button is the action button so i literally set that button to the quick button and i put it on turbo so i can still hit a for when i want to select things normally or i can just sit there and hold down the (laughs) hold down (laughs) the action set custom button and it just goes through real fast and I can sit there That's and That's perfect. It's flawless. And you can play that game on auto too, which is crazy. But um yeah, so like for Luigi's mansion I set it to the the suck in the shoot on the thing for the extra button. So if I don't want to even I can be lazy and just hit it real quick with my, you know, my middle finger instead of using my forefinger or my first finger, my pointer finger to hit the L R L R Z L or whatever they call it on the switch. But um <laughs> it's it's really convenient and and my hands don't cramp at all. They do on the Joy Cons when I'm playing in handheld mode. Um they don't at all yeah. I, could, I could play I play it until the console dies every time. Like when I'm playing. It's so perfect. Oh wow. Now be cognizant yeah, you mentioned- though, you can't it's it's because it's lighter, because it's cheaper, it doesn't work in anything that's not connected to the system and powered. Be cognizant.
1: Okay. That kind of makes you think of the because uh, I do have the, the Hori uh Zelda. left Joy Con. Yeah, I got the Zelda one. Yeah. And it's it's good. It's really, really good. Uh especially, you know, for playing games like Street Fighter, like anniversary. I had to play that in handheld mode. Yep. because uh, that D pad was really good. But I mean, other than that, it just you know sits aside my switch the whole time. I mean for twenty 24- four box, I mean, you can't really beat that.
0: Yeah, and um, it does have a D-pad on this Daemon X Machina controller, too, so that's, it's killer. Like, the only thing that I find is that my my dock doesn't quite make a perfect connection anymore for charging, so I can't keep them on when I put it in the dock because it, like, for some reason, it just, the charge light won't come on. So I have to, like, put the Joy-Cons back on. So I'm like, ugh. But that's my own. That's my own personal thing because I I think it's because my daughter was before the Switch Lite came out. My daughter literally would use my Switch daily to play Minecraft and with food and <laughs> greasy fingers and all that craziness. There's something going on with my
1: Switch that I gotta fix eventually. Yeah, I had to, I had to put uh, parents' little controls on my Switch, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh... which is which is fantastic. Yeah, Dude, it is it is fantastic because I'll sit there. I put it in now, and it's like, you know, of course you have to hit the code in before you uh, get on the Switch. And, and if, if your kid, like, picks up the Switch and they try to play it, like, it will let you know on your cell phone. Like, I, did, I was at work one day, and my phone goes off, and I'm like, oh, your Switch was, and I'm like, a text. I'm like, hey, are you trying to get on the Switch? No, no, I'm not trying to get on the Switch. I'm like, oh, you lied. I sent screenshot. I'm like, ha <laughs> 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 and that And that was that was just because I, I ended up... Um, because I told, I told them, I'm like, you know, when I'm not at the house, you can't play the Switch. You, you know, and they're like, okay. So I remember I came home one day, and I, like the, the chores weren't done. And I went to go uh, after I hour, it was like, yeah, you got to do your chores, blah, blah, blah. I went to go pick up my uh, Switch. has been in the dock since I've been at work. And it was like 91%. I'm like, that's awkward. It's been on the dock for like five, six hours. And then I go through my... Playtime and it was like 40 hours in Fortnite. i'm like okay all
0: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like using it as a incentive to
1: like the, go clean and you can play it like that's exactly i was like whoa <laughs> i just love the fact that like and, and I, I feel bad because you know there's there's no way the kids can lie about it like like we could like i remember back in the day i'd put a towel underneath my uh door crack and play super nintendo when i had the yeah. tv in my room you know doing stuff like that and the only way your parents would know is if they put their hand on the TV and if it was hot by, oh, you've been on the TV, haven't you? No. But like now there's, like, no way of getting out of it because it tells you how long you've been playing says, like, you, yeah, what games, when it was logged on. I was like, oh, my gosh. So the Judge Judy of, like, parental... Controls for the Nintendo Switch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I got my daughter the non-Switch. I call the Switch Lite the the, the no-Switch because it doesn't switch anything anymore. Yeah. Um, But like, I got her that just because she monopolized mine where I couldn't even play. If I want to go downstairs and play the Switch, she's like, well, she's playing Minecraft at all times. And (laughs) the thing is, though, is that with the Switch Lite, I have one issue that if you don't make it your primary console... You can't play digital games simultaneously on two switches. At least I haven't figured out how to yet. Yeah. So like like yeah, my daughter's that. playing Minecraft and on her Switch Lite and then I put on Sydney Hunter on the Switch on digital, it kicks her off Minecraft. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Why does it have to do that? So, like, I don't get it. So I, I think what I'm going to do for like a partial Christmas present for her is like create her own account and get her own online, so that way she can do mm-hmm. that. And I, I just limit her based on because on the Switch parental app, you can actually set how many hours they can play as well. So if they play more than yep. an hour on their Switch, it'll kick them off. So you can use that as the incentive. So if I don't want her to play it more than an hour because she hasn't cleaned her room, I'll do that. Um, other than oh that, yeah, she plays all the time on. This is the first month that my Switch, because she just got the Switch Lite. This is the first month that my Switch didn't have Minecraft as the most played game, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like ever. Like she she learned it in January, so since January on on the parental app, it hasn't like it's been Minecraft nonstop. And that's so funny. Yeah, it's so hilarious. But yeah, like using it as a as a control mechanism is is perfect though. And it's funny my daughter like yeah you're grinded off of electronics she's like I don't know what to do I'm like I go in a room and there's more toys than I ever had growing up and I'm like you got plenty to do like
1: <laughs> yeah kids the kids don't kids don't play with toys
0: anymore it's crazy it's weird and I mean the thing is is that you know I grew up like half poor and so did my wife so like I mean back in the day in the 80s though media was not a priority like media video games movies all that stuff was not a priority priority was eating food and (laughs) like being able to live and there was no internet so everything wasn't interconnected like it is nowadays like we're all about movies and games and as a community as a as a world so like our kids even they get way more than we ever had just because of how close-knit and how cheap everything is and it's crazy that I was like you have way more than I ever had and you know I, even in our game rooms like we have way more than we ever could have thought we would have as kids it's amazing.
1: oh yeah yeah and, and just thinking just think the fact of uh you know i, I think about it when i'm when i'm at uh, work and i'm playing like the nes classic games on my switch and I'm like wow you know if you know seven-year-old xander would know that he he was, you know, at his job playing Super Mario Brothers 3. He would have been freaking out right now, you know. <laughs> at his job. So you still work yeah. at the Pachinko place? Oh, yeah. The parlor? Yeah, yeah, so
0: tell me about that. I want to hear more about it because I know I've seen you so, post about it. And then, like, I'm like, damn, you get to play the Castlevania Pachinko.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's actually a lot of fun. There's, like, there's a couple of video game style uh, pachinko, par- uh, pachinko machines there. Like, we have the Biohazard, a.k.a. Resident Evil. Uh, Monster Hunter, uh, the Castlevania, and uh, I think those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. But we you know we have other ones like Gundam and, and stuff like that, and the Ring and Grudge and uh, Michael Jackson and Lady Gaga, Pachinko Machine. We have that as well. <laughs> That's crazy. Which, God, which, which, which those those are really interesting because they have a uh, 4K projector hologram st- screens. What? So when you start getting to the you start getting to what they call the jackpot, where it starts you start getting all the balls and stuff. Like say Michael Jackson. Uh, there's like a throne, and he'll there will be a hologram Michael Jackson that will walk on the screen and sit on the throne. It'll have a montage of all of his music videos while you're winning. It's insane.
0: Holy crap! As soon as you said throne, I, I'm thinking of like Dracula and Symphony of the Night, like sitting there. <laughs> no, uh, Michael Jackson cool. sitting there throwing his glass cool. on the ground. Have it, yeah, and he starts dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
1: But yeah, it's it's really interesting interesting because, I mean, um, you know, I feel like the West, a, a lot of folks in the West didn't know too much about Pachinko, obviously, until, uh, you know, the stuff with Konami. Yeah. And and now, like, since then, there's a lot of folks that I talk to when they talk about Konami and they talk about Pachinko. Uh, they, they say it in such a negative way, which rightfully so, because Konami hasn't really done anything too much other than collections and little releases here, here and there. Yeah. But in hindsight... Konami's been helping with pachinko for like the past two decades. have been making pachinko games. Yeah, it's nothing. But I think do. it's just because it's... <laughs> yeah, but I think it's because now that the, you know, the West knows about it, they know it as like, oh, well, you know, they're not making video games anymore to make are pachinko. It's like, they've always done that. They just don't make game games that much anymore and it yeah, kind of sucks. It
0: was the focus that they put a Castlevania pachinko and everyone's like, well, we don't get a Castlevania game. And that's the negative connotations when in reality, there's yeah. a million
1: million which videos. which which the i did play the um the new Castlevania mobile game the Grimwar of Souls how was it it's actually not too bad i mean i have i have a controller hooked up to my phone uh-huh. uh via bluetooth cuz it does have controller support so you don't have to worry about touch screen controls uh touch screen controls were a little confusing at first but uh and i wasn't really digging it too much but when i found out i had gamepad control i hooked up my 8-bit dough to my and Android and i was i was good to go and it's a lot of fun it's it's very uh mission based and and, and 2d to linear castlevania like you just go through quest and pick different characters and stuff it's a lot of fun i feel like if it was to be if it was to been released on like switch i think it would have had a, a much better reception than being a mobile only game and right now the only way you can play it is through uh the Canadian Android like Google Play Store. It was only released in Canada so far in the North American region. Crazy. Unless you know how to, unless you know how to do a- ABK files, like I do, <laughs> like that's yeah, what I did. I just yeah. got the ABK file, played it. But uh, it it was fun. Um, but yeah, like Pachinko is it's really really interesting. It's a lot of fun. It's very simple, but just the craftsmanship they put in those machines and tables. It's it's crazy. It's an experience.
0: I, I feel and, like it's kind of like a. You know, you have your whole pinball community, pinball sect, brand mm-hmm. new pinballs, and you get pachinko's similar. It's just a different culture.
1: Yeah, and then there's and there is like a, a pretty crazy like pachinko community. Yeah. Like I found that out recently because when I started making pachinko videos on my channel, I was like, you know, I'm going to Facebook and see there's like a pachinko group, and there were a couple of different pachinko groups of people all over the world that are. We're all in the pachinko and I'm like hey check this out guys <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it, it's crazy because we we have you know the only pachinko parlor in North America and I say this with the with with saying there might be places in North America where you can play pachinko like if you were to go to like say Vegas or something they might have a pachinko machine yeah. but this is like the only place that a dedicated p- pachinko parlor like it's like a downsized pachinko parlor that you would find in the middle of you know akihabara or something like like that like it's it yeah it's and we get a lot of uh you know japanese folks that come by and check it out and we've been featured in some japanese pachinko magazines and documentaries because what city is it in it's uh what the the pachinko parlor yeah the pachinko world
0: uh wilmington north carolina there you go so it's in wilmington north carolina if anybody that's listening wants to check it out too because i'm gonna have to get my ass out there sometime just to play some it's yeah. an experience right like it's yeah gotta and, and
1: and for for all you folks that are uh you know into the twin galaxies community it's the owner's uh, leo daniels that's oh, the owner nice so <laughs> yep
0: good old that's... leo freaking craziness though is that they actually did it right when it comes to pachinko and it's in wilmington Mm -hmm. north carolina (laughs) like random it's great
1: yeah that's that's the craziest thing to me because like when i first found out about before i was working there and i found out about a place uh my friend told me he was like dude we have a pachinko parlor here in town i'm like what really he's like yeah and they have an x japan pachinko machine i'm like oh dude we gotta go because i love x japan so we went there and we played it and i was just like you know i would have thought a pachinko parlor like this would be in like Hawaii or Los Angeles, you know, places that are more like Asian populated instead of one with the North Carolina, like right (laughs) off the East coast, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: crazy, man. So crazy. It's awesome though. Let me see here. There was one other piece that I want to talk about. We never went over to (laughs) most of the stuff that we, I wanted to chat with you about, like we already kind of naturally went to. Um, Mm -hmm. So, there's some games that come out now. They, um, like for example, getting released on Kickstarter. Modern indie titles getting released on Kickstarter, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, I, I, take it you back a few games on Kickstarter,
1: right? Like a couple. I, I, I had, I've done a couple here and there. Yeah.
0: Okay, so the one I want to talk about is: Have you heard of Battle Princess Madeline? Yes. Okay, so that one, the developer d- made a game for his daughter, basically, and Madeline, and he wanted to make her in a game, and she liked uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, so or Super Ghouls and Ghosts, you know, the Ghosts and Goblins series. And he released it on Kickstarter, campaign, and it was funded. And so the thing with this one is, and this is where it, it becomes interesting, is that the backers haven't released their copies yet. Haven't gotten their game right. Um mm-hmm. He got later got a deal with Play Asia or a somebody who's distributing through Play Asia. So there was a Switch version, which was not available on the Kickstarter, but he was able to get a deal and get his game released on the Switch. Um, and it's the Kickstarter version of the game. Um, you can't go as a backer and get a Switch version. You can only get PS4 as a backer on the Kickstarter. So. Because I, I email him, like, hey, can I get the Switch version instead of the PS4? I'm down. I'll just switch over to that. And he's like, no, like, I can only do PS4 because of the deal I have with them or whatever. I was like, okay. Um, but anyways, now Limited Run Games is, and they've already released it on their site, are doing their own version for PS4 and Switch. And it's not the Kickstarter version, but a different version, like a, a developer's cut or an arcade version of it. Which was his original idea for his daughter. Because with the Kickstarter, there was a bunch of stretch goals and backer contributions when it comes to like story or something. There's a whole story mode. So now there's a whole yeah. other version that you can't get as a Kickstarter backer. <laughs> and, and, oh, wow. yeah, and it's not the Kickstarter version. So, and it's already being sold. And, you know, it'll be, it may be released before the Kickstarter backers get their stuff. So, That's an insane, probably the most complex version of seeing that. But what do you think of that? When you get somebody who does a game on Kickstarter like this, but then the backers are the last one to get something. Sometimes, and in this case, you get better stuff for a cheaper price when it comes to the limiter on games release. Like it's more affordable, I think, than the Kickstarter tier was to get the game.
1: Uh, it's it's always it's always unfortunate when stuff like that happens. The reason why I say that is because um, stuff like that can really like tarnish the way people look at Kickstarters yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, a great way to to um, uh, of course, Mighty Number no. Nine. That's the elephant in the room. Oh and, yeah. And a lot of people that was their that was their first Kickstarter. You know, was was Mighty Number no. Nine. And I mean, there's still people out there that will refuse. To, to kickstart or back a kickstarter at all because of what happened with Mining number nine and it's kind of unfortunate because you have a because not every kickstarter is the same because it's not the same kind of people doing the thing you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of people be like, oh you know in this instance something like this would happen right like, oh i'm not I'm, I'm never gonna fund another kickstarter i'm never gonna put my money towards that but they say that but then they could be like someone completely different that's putting out a game that's, you know, very transparent and doing something awesome and, and it doesn't get funded because of what that person went through previously on another Kickstarter. So I, I can understand the com- the complexness of it. and it, it sounds very unfortunate. Uh, and you know, I think the biggest thing is unfortunate because like I said, it could be... Something that could like cost someone else money later on down the line because of a bad experience. If that makes any sense? Yeah.
0: And so, from my perspective, because I've released multiple successful Kickstarters, like I don't. The one thing I don't understand, and first of all, I want to say like nothing to do with limited run games. I love what they do and that they're preserving games and they're going to preserve a different version of the game. That's awesome. Like to me. Like yeah. But as like a backer, now here's the thing: the developer the one who ran the kickstarter should just offer the backers an, op- an option okay it co- you can but it'll cost you 10 more bucks or 20 more okay like that would be my thing like okay i will support you like yeah. give them the option you do it via paypal whatever and, and let them get the version like they helped you become successful and get off the ground so give them the opportunity um perfect example the switch collector book right has some stretch goals, didn't meet the slip case. So I have premium slip cases I'll do for my books. Didn't meet that stretch goal to get it for free. Um, I had a website um, reach out to me and said, hey, will you do an exclusive version of the book with the slip case? We'll do it for the site and do pre-orders. And I said, sweet, sure. In the survey for the backers, I said, would you want to, or, like I, I told them, right there straight up hey i'm going to have this thing with a website instead of $40 for the book it'll be 60 for the book with the slipcase do you want to add $20 to your thing to get the slipcase too like i'll just order more and it'll be it'll still be an exclusive item but the backers get an opportunity to get it like if they don't want exactly, it exactly
1: cool. because they because because <laughs> originally they they are your first like investors in your 100%. project yeah you know like they're the first ones that had the faith that, that This is going to be something awesome. So you kind of want to give them priority because, like you know, it's like you don't forget the people that you know brought you to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, well, this is awesome. Uh, uh, And I think I think that's the biggest thing is transparency because when there's no transparency, and this is again going back to Mighty Number Nine, one of the biggest problems with Mighty Number Nine was their community. the The community of Mighty Number Nine, the director and everything, was just. They, they weren't transparent enough so when there's not enough transparency with crowdfunding then becomes speculation and when speculation comes out then you know you have people that want to make videos on it and, ha- and throw in their own two cents and theories and and conspiracies and and then it just turns into a big mess so like what you did was like the right thing but like, hey you know okay you want to slip covers that's awesome but hey you guys want slip covers too yeah. You know that way, and it's like it'll of,
0: easy, twenty extra bucks because the book itself is the forty dollar thing is staying consistent. It's just it costs twenty dollars to do a slipcase. If I get a crap ton exactly. of pre-orders, the price might come down to where I'm actually able to get some kind of money out of the transaction. But as it lays with a small print run, it costs twenty dollars for a slipcase. So which yeah, I give them the option because it's then.
1: better to do that. Yeah, it's better to give them the option than, you know, one day they go on like uh, Facebook and that website posts, you know, about your book and shows it in a slipcover. And they're like, well, what the person would be like, what the hell? You know, wow. why does it get a slipcover and I don't get one? Or yeah, a yeah, worst just,
0: case scenario, they got to go and buy it from the website and spend money and get a second book when they already bought the book. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. I'm I don't need them to do that. Like I would rather if they want to support, they can get the slipcase too and then great. And the thing is though is I don't even have a design for the slipcase yet. So like I just said, Hey, if this happens, are you interested? And they wrote yes. I didn't charge them anything. I just put them in an Excel spreadsheet and says yes. So when I get it done, I'll just email them and go, Hey, here's how you do the PayPal, whatever. Um, and then I'm gonna post an update to the backers and say, Hey, for those of you that said maybe or no, here's what it looks like if you change your mind, email me. And that's what it's gonna be. They're gonna have to go and, and get a hold of me, but like Perfect. yeah, like let me know. And I like and the thing is that took hours, which most Kickstarter backers and developers, they're they're not um, not willing to take the time, but it took hours to go through all the surveys and and put it into a palatable form because I have a lot of options. But the, to me, it's like that's part of you know the whole game. That's part of the Kickstarter thing is that I'm doing this and they're supporting me, so I'm willing to put in the hours to organize it all, so that way people can get taken care of too. Like <laughs> it's a weird thing, man.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I totally. Understand it. And like I said, you're doing it. You're doing it right. Like, that's the right way to do it. For anyone that are listening that's wanting to do kick stars, listen to what good old Mr. Wittenhagen's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is like
0: another job. And when I work a full time job and have run a publishing company now, because I'm incorporated in everything, I have warehouses. Like, it's bigger oh, wow. than people know. <laughs> like, I have two warehouses, one in Texas and one in Chicago. Like, <laughs> I just. Because I had crazy. I had two of my print runs, so I had a print run error with my definitive Super Nintendo that I had to have redone. So all of when I got those books fixed, they all went to my house here in Texas. Um, and then the pocket guide, I had them shipped here. So I'm like, oh, it won't be that big of a deal. I'll just ship them all myself. Um, I am about to move, and I'm moving to South Carolina, Georgia here in in January. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, let me ship those out to my warehouse in Texas. Uh, it ended up being 1 thousand eight hundred pounds of books. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> they were at my house. and those are only two. I have multiple books in the in the warehouses. like jeez. the stuff went crazy because of the support from the community. so but the thing is is like to not be clear you know like what like battle princess madeline says oh you can't get the switch version well then why wouldn't you just offer like well you could get it from me for 40 bucks or something and i'll just coordinate it for you (laughs) like yeah why not like i've offered stuff with kickstarters where i'm like these checkmark stickers that i offer with the switch one i'm like you can buy them on amazon but if you do the add-on is exactly what you pay on amazon i'll just ship them to you free. like it's too easy and you get the exact ones that I use, and that so a lot of people bought that. But like I let them know, hey, you can buy these on Amazon. Here's the link. Like, <laughs> like so yeah, if I'm not producing it, it doesn't have a special draw. Like, here's where you can get it. Ah, <sighs> it's it's crazy though. It's like we're in a digital age. People can research things. Like, yeah, just be transparent, people. Like, what the heck so let's uh
1: that's the best that's the best way to do it yeah Yeah,
0: exactly let's let's wrap things up i haven't looked at the recording program so i don't know what how much time we've been going probably over an hour yep definitely over an hour so let's wrap things (laughs) up man where can people find you at
1: well, you guys can actually find me at Pachinka World in Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's sitting there on his switch when there's downtime, so make him work, people. <laughs> like, exactly. Actually, stop it. Stop messing with his gameplay. All right, people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you guys can find me on uh, YouTube. That's YouTube.com/slash uh, Xander Sculian, and uh, also my podcast now is on. Uh, it's on. All- on YouTube, but it's also on iTunes, Spotify, nice. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and that's um Excess Gaming Podcast that I do with uh, my, my buddy James Gruesome. I also have another podcast that's more and I hate to use the term nerd culture podcast because I hate the word I hate the term nerd culture, but that's the best way to describe it because we talk about more than just video games, we talk about movies and anime and you know, all that good stuff. And that's a yeah. uh, blast podcasting. And that's on that's also on uh, all the other platforms like Stitcher and everything like that but yeah that's that's where you can find me if i'm not at pachinko world <laughs> <laughs> if i'm not at
0: pachinko world you can find me there <laughs> and as always those listening to me you can find me at hagan's alley on facebook and twitter and then uh, and then instagram is at hagan's books and then hagan's alley.com is where this podcast will be which goes everywhere in the world um, it was something that I actually mentioned yesterday when I did the rec- the update the episode update recording, and I was like, we had over hundred and sixty four ratings in like a two week period on Switch That's Mania. Awesome! Like I was like, what the heck is going on? Like it's because old JP JP Switch Mania put the um, as part of a Gleam survey, put hey go like the uh, Switch Mania playcast, and they all left ratings. And it was like he was giving away Nintendo Switches. Awesome! I was like, "Holy crap!" That's awesome! Was, like ridiculous. And the funniest thing is, he'll be like, "I don't want to be known as the giveaway guy." And like he's giving away like doing six or seven giveaways a week. And I'm like, "Dude, you're the <laughs> giveaway guy." Like, what do you like, <laughs> like? Like that's what you're doing. Like he's canceled recording on me like multiple weeks in a row because he's doing too many giveaways and too many Twitter posts with his like what games are available because there's so much out there now. And, yeah. It's it's ridiculous how many games like I'm looking over and I I did a switch setup, right? In my um game mm-hmm. room. I bought this at Walmart. You can buy these little like cubes, right? And more uh-huh. of the cubes I have third party switch games, first party switch games, limited run games and Japanese games and like and then like a whole subsection of uh, the East Asia soft limited edition releases and, and things. And it was like pretty full. It was like decent, but there was room for expansion. And then I look in the games I've gotten over the last two months, it fills up a whole nother cube. <laughs> like I, 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 I have to expand my idea now. And I'm like, uh, it's just a giant pile of games. And it's a great problem to have. I love the switch. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah.
1: Same here. So, so what yeah, is I will your say that, by
0: far favorite Switch game right now, overall, over the last uh, three years?
1: Uh, over the last three years. I mean, yeah. I, I still I still love, uh, like, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Like, those yep. are still, like, the two that I absolutely love. Yep. Uh, um, currently, uh, what I'm really enjoying is Untitled Goose. That's oh, really fun I haven't game. played that yet. Yeah, I need it to. Is it is hilarious just playing as a goose and just being an just so, yeah just being an asshole to people <laughs> it's great and, and having it in this objective way but uh but yeah I mean the, man there's just so much on the switch and I see I, I'm I'm it's polar opposite like the switch purpose. is one day yeah and, and the switch is I'm polar opposite with the switch in the sense that uh it's the one console that I have that I'm mostly digital on yeah. just because because I love like just having all the games right there with me hmm.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and it's a loaded question, because in all reality, you have to almost genre it up or be like, hey, what's your favorite indie game on the Switch? What's your favorite third-party game that's going on? Because anybody who says what's your favorite Switch game is like well you go to first party nintendo games so breath of the wild mario yep. odyssey's gone and smash brothers and mario kart and oh yeah it's just oh mario like, kart yeah. it said
1: mario kart because yeah. that's the game like i have like <laughs> over 120 hours yeah. like clock time on that one, between me and my <laughs> girlfriend we love and super mario maker 2 oh my god that mario game's maker. so good
0: i'm just saying like first party itself just like dwarfs everything else but i consider that its own thing Like first party Switch is its own thing. And then you go to everything else. And then you almost have to split it with limited releases. And because that's like a lot of indie stuff. And then you go to third party big stuff. And there's almost like six on the Switch, like sectors of collecting, sectors of how I play. So it was a purposely loaded question.
1: (laughs) I will say, I will say one of my favorite indie Switch games. And and if anyone's listening and they still. I haven't played it yet. Uh right now the the physical is uh I think they're on their last print on the physical editions of it. But uh Monster Boy. Oh, freaking sorry. love Monster Boy.
0: Yeah, that's the the craziness is that the uh, the release the, the those that developed and published Monster Boy like supported my book and they're writing in it and like they also did Blossom awesome. Tales.
1: Yeah, which is so underrated. So amazing. And not enough it, people not enough people play that game. They keep stomping that there's something with a physical
0: coming around the bend. So I'm I'm hoping that whoever releases it at least does it in such a extent that we all know about it and everybody gets to experience the link to the past version playing as a girl. Kinda like Battle Princess Madeline, but Zelda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. And that was a first year release, which that'll be in my book for sure. Um, but yeah, man. Xander, thanks for coming on. We'll wrap her up just the recording portion. Um, (laughs) As you can tell, (laughs) we probably could shoot the shit for hours, but like, oh yeah, there's so many people that I know that we could just like literally have our own podcast. It's just the time (laughs) we don't have to do to record, and we haven't shot the shit in a long freaking time.
1: Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, we've we've talked a lot, and but like, we gotta make it happen every once in a while for sure, like a, a quarterly shoot the shit cast or something. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> indeed indeed yeah thanks for coming on and we'll freaking see everybody on the switch mania play I guess hopefully i can get jp on sometime in this millennium and it'll be